Hey there, and welcome to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now, the podcast that's all about helping you navigate the sometimes terrifying and humbling journey of becoming the boss your business needs you to be. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and I've been in the trenches building, recruiting, and HR programs for over 15 years. From hiring to firing and everything in between, I've seen it all. Technically, I have an MBA, but I can say with total confidence that I learned more about scaling teams working in high growth startups for the last seven years. This podcast is not going to bring you corporate red tape or high level theory. It's more like a fireside chat with your friend. You know, the one who always tells you the real hard, honest truth that's sometimes annoying. That's going to be me from time to time. We'll dive into the real talk about what it means to lead, to manage, and to build a team when all of a sudden you look around the room and you're like, oh shit, I'm the one in charge. No BS, just actionable advice and stories from people just like you. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a newbie boss, or somewhere in the middle, oh shit, I'm the boss now is your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and the occasional, well, hopefully more than occasional aha moment that'll make your journey smoother and more successful. So grab your coffee, your notepad, or just sit back and enjoy the ride because together we're going to tackle the challenges, celebrate the victories, and learn from the mishaps we all make. It's time to step into your role of boss with confidence, grace, and for the love of God, a little bit of humor. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am Jackie Koch, your host, and today I wanted to talk about a topic that I do hear still quite a bit from clients. It's usually with our recruiting clients when we are working with them to fill a job. We'll be talking through what they want the interview process to be like, the different types of interviews, all of that stuff. And somewhere in this process, and sometimes it doesn't happen when we're kicking off the job, but it definitely can happen when we are in the middle of recruiting for the job. And they will say something to the effect of, if they really want the job, they'll do it or something like that. And it usually comes off the heels of us having a conversation around the interview process and still this mindset that hiring managers have that if somebody really wants the job, they'll do it. And I wanted to dig into this a little bit because I don't disagree in some ways and I strongly disagree in others. Let's first talk about how we're in such a different candidate market than we've ever been in before. And we went from having such a hard time filling jobs during COVID. It was almost impossible to fill jobs. And even recovering after COVID was hard for a lot of companies, especially if you're hiring hourly employees, non-exempt employees, it can be really challenging still to find people who want to work at your company. And even if you're not hiring hourly jobs, you're running into that in your business. And some of that is, there's a lot of things that are going into why that's the case, but the reality is it's why. If you're hiring a job, like a remote jobs, you're competing with people all over the country and all over the world for jobs. And so you can't just expect people to bend over backwards to want to come work for you because you are competing with a bunch of other people for jobs. There's also so much noise out there on the internet, on the media, like everywhere we turn, people are just consuming so much. So you are so involved in your business as the CEO, you know how cool of a company you have to work for, but not every applicant does. 
And quite frankly, a lot of you don't do a good job of sharing your employer brand. And so if you're not doing that, you can't expect a candidate or anybody who wants to work for you to be that excited about working for you until they've met with you a few times and really understand what you're up to, what makes you different, your goals, and why the job that they're applying for is something they should be excited. It is your job to get them excited. And that really is the crux of why I think you got to get over yourself a little bit. And you have to realize that people are not as excited about any company in the first part of the interview process. So where I say I agree with you a little bit is once you've had a few conversations with them and you know that they're a good fit and they know that they're a good fit for you, that is the appropriate time to ask them to do something like a video or a work sample or an assessment, right? That is the time to do that. But the A players that you're looking to hire are usually not desperate for a job. And so they're not going to bend over backwards for a very challenging application process or even like next steps if they haven't gotten to know you. If they're not bought into why you're so great, they're not going to probably spend 30 minutes extra out of their day trying to make you see that they're interested. They just won't. And I'm overgeneralizing. You know, are there times where that can happen? 100% but all of the time, no. And so if you're sitting here listening to the show with the mindset that if somebody really wants to work for you, they'll do X, they'll do Y, I urge you to reconsider a little bit and think about, okay, if I was the one looking for a job, at what point in the interview process would I actually do X, Y, Z that you're creating, right? And so the hiring process really, it's a two-way street. It really is. And not only is it a two-way street for assessing, it's also a two-way street for seeing if it's a mutual fit on work styles and communication styles. There's so many reasons why this is a two-way street. And I don't want you to miss out on people because you're still convinced that people should just be happy to have a job or if they really want the job, they'll do X, Y, Z. Hopefully I've hammered that home a little bit and maybe you're starting to think about it a little bit differently. And so let's dive into really why it is so important to create and think about a candidate experience. And there's a lot of reasons why. So a candidate experience is how they experience the whole step in the process from seeing your job to accepting a job or seeing your job to getting declined for a job. It's so critical because it's almost like, think about it like when you go on Yelp, right? And you have a great experience, you tell everybody about it. The same is true for somebody hiring for a job. You can decide to decline somebody for a job and still have them leave with a positive taste in their mouth so that one, if you're hiring again in the future, you can reach back out to them and they might be interested in having a conversation or two, they might decide that they're still so impressed with you as a business and you as a leader, they're going to refer people to come work for you or three, 
they might refer clients to you or they might become a client of yours or a customer of yours. So it's like, it's almost like a customer touch point too. And I think we forget that because we're busy or we just didn't even think about it in that way. And so your recruitment process is also an employer branding and customer branding experience. You want to make sure that experience is a positive one. You want to make sure it's simple, straightforward, and respectful is really what you want to make sure. It also gives you a competitive advantage in a world where it's so hard to find talent. A great candidate experience really helps set you apart from competitors. And that's really important when you're a startup or a small business, especially if you're competing against really large companies. You want to create as big of a competitive edge as you can. And this is one way to do it. It also helps you in making a good quality hire. Like a well-created candidate experience also involves preparation and that preparation you do to planning out a hiring process leads to a good quality hire. You're making sure you're identifying the right people that are going to fit into your business as well as who are skilled to be able to do the job. A great candidate experience also keeps candidates engaged. There's nothing worse than like really loving a candidate, moving slow because you want to see other people or talk to other people. And you think that you can just like not respond to them for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden send them an offer and they're going to accept. And there's nothing worse than realizing that somebody's accepted another job because you haven't kept up with them or kept in touch with them. So it really helps to create engagement. And it also, I was actually talking to a client about this. Was it last week? I don't remember. But there's a job that they're hiring for in their business that truly is pretty challenging. You can't fully grasp the job until you're actually doing it. And so there is a pretty high, I'm going to say high failure rate. That might be a little bit too harsh, but it can be challenging to find the right person to fit the job. What they've done in the past is hired a few interns and then whoever does the best gets the job. And so they were interested in doing like a temp to hire job. And I was like, that can work, but people who have jobs are probably not going to apply to attempt a hire job. So you might not want to do it that way. But what you could do is interview and throughout the interview process, if you're creating a great relationship with this person, as you're getting close to the end, you could propose something to the effect of, hey, this job can be a little bit challenging. I don't even know if you would say it that way. I'm trying to think of exactly how I would say it. I'd probably say something to the effect of like, we find that it's really challenging for us to fully explain the intricacies of this job until you're actually doing it. And so would you be interested in going through a couple hours of training and working on a few of these cases for a few hours, for a month, we'll pay you for it and see if you even like it. You've met us. You're excited to work with us, but we also want to make sure you really like the job. Would you be open to that? And if you've developed a good rapport and a good relationship through the interview process, then you can have those conversations, right? And also treating it like it's a two-way street is also relationship building. So that when they join your company, you've already built that relationship. And this is why it's so important that managers are involved in the hiring process and why I often actually think my clients should be the ones going through the offer negotiations. A lot of times they don't want to, and that's why they've hired us. And I feel like it's something 
they're missing out on such a great relationship building moment, right? In the offer negotiation process, you're really setting a lot of groundwork for how you're going to work together. And so when you as the manager are the one doing that, you're building rapport, you're building respect, and you're just working on building that relationship. And so when I say it's a two-way street, you're also doing that, right? You're helping to just set the foundation for what it's going to be like to work together long-term, which usually can lead to them staying longer with your business, right? That's what you want. And it's so critical that you remember they are assessing you as much as you're assessing them. And so that's not to say that you should just meet with them once and hire them, but it is to say, put yourself in their shoes. You may not have applied for a job for a very long time because you're a business owner, I have. I guess it's been like four years. You're sending out so many applications and so many resumes, and you very rarely hear back. And so if the first thing that you get back from a application is, hey, please prepare this 20-minute presentation or do X, Y, Z, often you're burnt out, you're tired, you're sick of applying for jobs, and so you might not do it. And so you want to just think about at what points in the hiring process you start to implement some of these things. And so I look at it like an energy exchange, right? How much energy have I given to them so that it's appropriate to ask them to give back to me? That's just a good rule of thumb. I'll share an example of something that I did that was actually really helpful, and it was just a slight little nuance. So I was recruiting for a social media manager for a client a year and a half ago, probably. And I was getting so many applicants, it was really hard to cut through them. I couldn't interview all of the ones that I wanted to. Every day, like so many would come in and five of them looked great. And I was like, I don't have time. I literally do not have time to do phone screens with 50 people this week. It's just not possible. What can I do to narrow down through the candidates, right? And so I was like, I would love for them to send me a video. If they could send me a video about why they want to work at the company and ask a few questions, that could really help because it would help me see if they're actually interested. One, if they actually respond back. Two, If they know how to use a loom, when I ask them to do a loom, will be great because this is a startup. And three, I'll be able to get a better feel for how they are on camera because this particular role was also going to be a content creator for the company. And so what I did was I filmed a video of myself saying, hey, I'm Jackie, head of people at XYZ Company. I've reviewed your application and it looks like you could be a really great fit. If you could do me a favor for next steps and send me a Loom video just like this, answering these questions, that would be great. You can send it to X blah, 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 right? And so I sent that to them in an email. I also outlined the questions and I had the 90% success rate of people actually responding where I had tried it before And I just said, hey, can you send us a video with these questions in an email without me filming it too? Nobody responded. But as soon as I did the tiny little effort to send the video to them, I started getting such better response rates. And so that's just one example of like equal energy exchange, right? Like I did it. And so then they felt like they would do it. And so that's how you should think about the interview process. And you should be putting just as much effort and time into it as well. And if you're not, then it's hard to ask them to do it as well. So those are some helpful hints and reasons why you can no longer just be like, oh, if they really want to work here, they'll do X, Y, Z. You're probably not going to get the best talent that way. And so there are a lot of different ways. You can still ask people to do a proper application and interview process while meeting them. 
while having an equal energy exchange. Hopefully that's helpful. And honestly, it may change in the world of AI. Like you can probably start testing some of these things out in terms of different ways to screen through applicants. Actually, I have somebody coming on the show soon who has a whole company set up to doing so. So I'm really excited for you to hear from him and I met last week and to chat through it. It was really fascinating. So I'll continue to test all these things and report back what I find to be helpful and share them with you. But please do not be one of those people who thinks that people should just bend over backwards to come work at your company. I I was going to say unless you're Google, but quite honestly, I think they're probably challenged to find people right now anyways. But just remember, people have options. They have choices and you want them to be excited about yours so that they continue through. So thanks for tuning in. We'll chat again soon. that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that you found our discussion valuable and insightful and you are inspired to go out and be a good boss. Just wanted to take a second to remind you that staying compliant with all HR and legal stuff is crucial for your business's success. And if you're wondering about your HR compliance or want to make sure that you're implementing some best practices, I got something for you. If you go over to my company's website, peopleprinciples.co, there is a free compliance and best practices checklist waiting for you. It's right on the homepage and it's like having a mini HR audit at your fingertips. It's literally what we do with our clients when we start working with them. So head over there and get your checklist. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.